Off Our Rockers is supported by Subars. Subars are a unique baked good that combines the crunch of biscotti with the sweetness of a cookie. They make gift giving easy and carefree. Subars has over 20 varieties and ships nationwide. Subars, making this crazy world a little bit sweeter, bite by bite. Order your first box today at subarsweets.com. Tell me something. Sometimes I literally stand there and I feel like I'm, I love Lucy at times. Either I'll be covered in flour. Welcome to our inaugural episode of our new podcast, Off Our Rockers. We are so excited that you're here hanging out with us today. We're going to be talking about what's going on in our lives, what's going on in the world, meeting and talking with interesting people, sharing recipes, introducing new products we like. We are so happy that you are rocking along with us on this ride. I'm Sue, the oldest Brockman sister. I live in San Francisco. I have a wife, Robin. I have a 16-year-old son, and I'm a writer. And when I'm not working, I'm on my Etsy shop trying to sell all the vintage things I collect. Hey, everybody. I'm Jerry. I'm the middle sister. I live in Los Angeles with my husband. I am an empty nester. My oldest and youngest kids live on the East Coast, and I'm lucky that my middle son does live in Los Angeles, and even luckier that he doesn't live at my house, but lives in his own house. My two oldest graduated from college. My youngest is still a junior. I also work full-time with neurodivergent young people and their families, and my interests are listening to podcasts, which I love needlepoint, reading, and cooking. I'm Dana. I'm the little sister. I live in San Diego with my husband and my three sons. My oldest boys are twins. They're seniors in high school, and my youngest is in 10th grade. I retired a couple years ago from a very corporate job that I was at for 20 years, and I'm feeling so much more freedom than ever. Um, I'm keeping busy gardening, and I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing next. So we are the Rockman sisters, and we are truly... Okay, here we go. Hey, everybody. We hope you like this episode. We got a chance to chat with Daphne Subars, and she told us about living the dream of going from becoming a lawyer to becoming a professional baker. We have some really good recipes to share. Dana's going to tell you a little bit about becoming an almost immediate empty nester. We hope you like the episode. Here we go. Hi, girls. How are you? How was your week? It was great. How was your week? How are you doing, Sue? Susie, did you go swimming this morning? I did. I joined these amazing women who swim at Chrissy Field in San Francisco, and it was a balmy 60 degrees. And um, in our bathing suits, there we went. It was, it's so cold and it feels so good. It was the most, every time at some point I just go on my back and I just laugh up at the sky because I'm so happy and I'm so stunned that I'm actually there in the water. It's really awesome. Love hearing that. And I know I would never, ever do that. So it's so nice to hear you doing it so I can live through you. The the part I like the best is Susie's thermos of hot water that she dumps on her. Oh, it's moved. Now it's not just a thermos. They told me that I'm supposed to bring um, like a big laundry um, detergent thing filled with water. So then you stand in a bucket and you pour the hot water over you. And it feels really, really good. Would that be the next step when you have someone waiting with warm water and they dump it over you? Good for you. Good. Um, you know, I'm obsessed with Jake Cohen, the baker. And I think I'm going to try the hollow again. I know you did the hollow, Sue, and it was so good. Shout out to Jake Cohen, at Jake Cohen, the best recipes. Oh, Sue has 
your the book Jewish. Um, I made his saffron chicken soup last week. It was so good. All of his recipes are so easy. Oh, Dana, you made the honey. I made Wait, the apple cake. Well, honey cake with a cup of olive oil, but it was worth it. It was so good. And I want to try his hollow with the different colors because I've never seen that before. So I want to put the blue and the red and the yellow in. I like that. That was really impressive. Maddox said that this was the best hollow I ever made was his recipe. So. Mm. Oh, and Sue, you made the cornbread. That looked good. Oh, oh, speaking of the corn, both Sue and I made the corn soup from the New York Times. We're going to put it on our website. I thought that was the easiest recipe. It was just corn and what was it? Corn and onions. And there we both used our immersion blenders. So easy, so delicious. The New York Times summer corn soup. Highly Is recommend. The crazy Highly. one where you put the, the cob in the water. You yes. And you know what? And the only reason we knew to do that was because of the comments. My husband, Alan Eisner, <laughs> loved it. Um, what is the craziest thing that happened to you this past week? I had a quick, crazy story. This is an odd one. <laughs> I went to the post office. And so it's my neighborhood post office. It's not very big. I walk in and there's no one in the lobby. So I'm all by myself. I walk up to the front and behind the counter, there's only one kind of elderly gentleman working behind the counter. So as I'm walking towards him, I see him behind the counter and he's holding like a piece of mail like a big manila envelope. And he's like waving it back and forth. Like he's fanning the, the air with his envelope. So I walk towards him and he looks at me and I'm right in front of him. And he says, bet you can't guess what I just did. Oh, God. <laughs> week for me. This was really hard. My oh. twins moved out. So my oldest boys moved out. They're off to play hockey in a different state. And I'm here with my husband and my youngest. It's like having an only child. My youngest cannot believe how much attention he's getting. And so he's like, back off guys. Like every night at dinner, we're all about him. And we want to hear everything that happened in his day and how's school going and what's happening with homework this hour of the day. And how about next hour? And so he's kind of pushing back on us and he wants a little space, but oh. it's okay. Yeah. But it's, it's all going well. It's all going well. I, I remember I had when we out and we only had Zeke home and it was so nice to have one kid at home. It was so nice. It was, it, it was a pleasure. Didn't, everything was easier, less laundry, you know, easier with cooking dinner. It, it, it really changed the dynamic of our house. It's, it's, it's like, it is, and especially um, Nick now has his choice of rooms at night to sleep in. So he's kind of bouncing around, figuring out which bed is the most comfortable. Um, let me tell you, after the boys that. left, I thought I'd be like, 
I thought I'd be super mom and I'd clean out their room. So I cleaned out everything in the room and I washed, you know, sheets, towels. And then I did like their shower curtains and their rugs and their bathroom rugs. I shoved everything in the washing machine. I was so good at this. I broke my washer because I shoved so much in there. (laughs) So now this week I have no washer. It's on order from Costco. Gotta wait. When, When I cleaned out my kids' rooms, when they went off to college, I, you know, cleaned out the closets. I found buried bottles of booze, <laughs> beer cans, um, some leftover drug paraphernalia. <laughs> oh dear. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I found the old food, but nothing as scary as yours. <laughs> it was a it was a true archaeological dig. <laughs> and now for our special guest Daphne Subar, who's making the world sweeter, bite by bite. First, we want to go back a little bit because you went to the same high school as we did. So we have to talk about El Camino a little bit. Uh, Back in the 80s. Exactly. They're not conquistadors anymore. Oh, oh, that's right. It's Elko, right? What are they? Elko and the mascot changed to the Royals because. Oh, oh, you can't say you cannot. I was just thinking, we sometimes talk about how different our high school experience was from our kids and things were just very different. So what are your best memories of our old high school days? I have so many. I wasn't expecting that question. Um, I loved high school. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed being at a big school. I enjoyed the spirit. I enjoyed all the activities. Great memories. We didn't live very far and we would make our dad drive us. It took us less time. We would make him drop us off really far away because we didn't want, we were embarrassed that he would drop us off. It took us more time to walk from where he dropped us off to school than to drive to school. But I don't know why we were so embarrassed. Remember the, the front of El Camino? Dad would drive down the front of El Camino and he would go really slow trying to get in front of the school without, you know, killing any kids. I'd be like, Dad, just stop the car so I could jump out. And he would like torture me by driving really slow right to the front door. I'm like, just stop it here. I got to get out before anyone sees you. Oh my God. <laughs> High school funny. is just one long embarrassment. But anyway, yeah. did you know you were going to go to law school when you were still in high school? I wanted to go to law school. I'd always wanted to go to law school, probably since middle school. So it kind of been a goal. I wasn't really sure how to even get there. I was the first in my family to go to college, to go to four-year college and then to go to law school. So I was kind of winging it, which I guess now that I'm saying that is kind of a theme of my life at times, but yeah, so I wanted to go there, but I really wasn't sure even the right way to get there, but yeah, but I just learned as I went. And were you always baking as a kid? A little, but not really. What was the aha moment where you're like, I am done with the law and I am going to be a baker. Well, it's funny because I didn't hate the law. So there was never a time where I'm like, I need to leave the law. It was kind of like I'd kind of thought about being a baker for a while. I kind of thought about opening a bakery. It was really my three daughters. Um, my youngest daughter, Shira, when she was in second or third grade, had a make a flyer for a business. And she said, I'm going to make a business for you, mommy. And it was Sue Bar with FZ. It was all bars, one bakery. And she printed out a flyer and it had a picture of me and it was on the fridge, you know, with her artwork, but that flyer never left. So I always looked at it um, and just thought about that in the back of my mind that I really wanted to do this, but I, my fear, and I didn't know how. And then fast forward, probably 10 years, my oldest daughter, Ariel is in college and she decides to declare her major as being in theater. And she wanted to pursue a career in stage management. And I got a lot of unsolicited advice from people saying, you should really talk her out of that. It's such a hard life. Why would anyone want to do that? She'll never, you know, it'll never be financially stable, all this. And I said, you know what? She's going to be 22 when she graduates. 
why not? Let her follow her passion. Let her try it. She has the rest of her life if she doesn't like it or if she fails or if she decides she wants to do something else, but she won't know unless she tries. And my younger daughters had heard me saying that over and over again. And then Talia, my middle daughter said, mom, you know, you always tell us to follow our passions and try things yet. You've had this flyer on the refrigerator now for how many years? And you've never done this. Why not? And I'm like, well, a lawyer, I kind of know what can go wrong. I'm scared of this. I don't really know what I'm doing. She's like, so, and like, she questioned me a couple of times and she just challenged me. And I, um, realized I really didn't have an excuse except my fear. So finally in 2016, I'm like, if not now, when? And I literally just quit the practice of law and jumped in. Did you save that? Not knowing how it framed. (laughs) I don't know where it was literally the end. It's somewhere. I did put it somewhere. um, And the ends are kind of curled up. I do need to find it because I probably should frame it. You're right. (laughs) And, and there there was the first product always was it as it is now? No, it's changed. So throughout the years, I'd made mandel bread for years. Um, and my older daughter, Ariella, has severe food allergies. My younger daughter, Shira, sure, has some medical medical issues. So I was always having to change recipes to adapt for them. So I'd come up with this mandel bread recipe um, that worked. But, you know, mandel bread's in a loaf. Um, I'm showing you with my hands, which you can't see. It's prepared in a loaf. So you can't really come up with a uniform size to sell. So I knew I wanted to do something related to mandel bread but I had to figure out a way to do it um, where I could package it and sell it in some type of uniform manner. So originally the first um, edition of Subars was actually, they looked more like a brownie. They were, they were rectangles. They were like two inches by three inches. They're actually two of what they are now. So they were twice as big, but I wanted a product that um, you could eat easily. So back in the day when we were seeing people in real life, you could pick one up, take a couple bites. You wouldn't have like crumbs everywhere. It would be easy to eat. Um, so I wanted to do it a little narrower. And then also with the rectangle, um, I couldn't get the outside to be exactly the same as the middle of it because it was really important to me to keep this texture. Um, so it kind of went from that to the, the shape it's in now. And then it started with the one flavor, which was our traditional chocolate chip. And now it, you know, there's 20 varieties. So it's expanded that way. My favorite flavor, it actually depends what mood I'm in. I really do like the salted apricot caramel Ooh, a lot. Mm, good. Um, and all of them kind of had a story behind like why I came up with that flavor. And the first year I introduced a new flavor every month, which was great, which is how I got the first 12. A new flavor every month is super aggressive. How are you <laughs> testing I, these flavors? I only did it the first month. I only did it the first year. So I That's got the 12 crazy. and then. When I started, I think one or two of my daughters were still in high school. So they and their friends were the testers. When they slowly left the nest, I would use our neighbors. So I would put them, when I came up with a new flavor, they would each get a Ziploc, literally very fancy, a Sharpie. This is ABC. I drop them off. They'd be very excited. They had to taste them and then let me know which one they liked and why. I want to be your neighbor. Oh my God. (laughs) Now I have a question because I mean, I've always thought I, I mean, I've had the dream of baking the first batch, did you buy the ingredients like from Costco or did you buy it wholesale? How did you like start? I think in the beginning I went to Costco, I think. Yeah. And then since then I've kind of sourced my other places, but yeah, in the beginning it was just Costco. How about last year when there was that nutty, you know, run on flour and baking products and yeast, what did you do? It. Well, I don't use yeast. So that helped. Um, oh. It was hard. It was hard because vanilla eggs and flour were really hard to get. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like restaurant depot, there's restaurant wholesale places where I could go um, and buy that. So that's what I so did. No panic. You were fine. 
a little for a short time um, with the flour was probably the biggest worry because I could get the other products. They were twice as much, but the flour, there was really a run on flour, um, which I'd never thought of. Like I never thought of, you know, stockpiling it or having more, but, um, but no, it was very short lived just for a couple of weeks. And then the, the wholesale markets really had the flour. Yeah. Here in San Diego, I mean, the stores were out of flour and one of the neighbors was a wholesaler and he would bring his truck to a park in San in our Scripps Ranch neighborhood. And then there would be a line of cars, maybe like a hundred line, hundred cars with all these moms and some dads, you know, grabbing the flour and he had eggs and he had sugar and it was crazy, but it worked. So we, I had plenty of baking here last year. It was fun. I love, I love that he did that. Like that actually gave me goosebumps. I love that he thought about doing that to help people out. That's great. It was great. How did you, how did you move from like selling it like at a little table in front of your house to like having it in stores and doing what you do now? Um, I, I think I just advertised. I first just advertised on Facebook. Um, and actually it was Facebook. someone from high school. I think that, um, was my first order online. I set up the website exactly. <laughs> and I still remember I was sitting watching TV with my husband and on my phone, I got a thing that says you have an order. And I jumped up. I'm like, somebody really wants these. I mean, it was really exciting. Um, and it just kind of in the beginning, the first, so I launched in June, the first three, four months, I feel like we're, this can sound horrible. People were just being kind, like people were just being supportive and it was really nice. Um, but then they helped spread the word or they sent them to people as gifts. So then the recipient of it started ordering. So it kind of just spiraled that way. It was great. It was really nice. Um, but I couldn't have done it without the support of so many friends that just ordered to support me. So it was great. Do you still I'm very your thankful. phone and look at orders on your phone and get giddy when you see big orders coming? <laughs> I do. I do. We now have a corporate gifting plan program. So those don't really come through on my phone. I still get excited when orders come through. I really do. When did you go from your own kitchen to a commercial kitchen though? So I was, so luckily in California, you can bake from home. You can do certain, you can have certain food products to prepare at home and sell them with the cottage home license or the cottage food license. I think about two years in, I moved over to the commercial kitchen and there I can do this week. I did 1500 bars in four hours. So it really, yeah, you're really able to, I'm really able to scale. So um, Daphne, do you have your kids? Like, are your daughters helping you? Is this like a future, like Subars and daughters in the future? <laughs> no, no, no. First of all, no one's home right now. Um, the first year, Cher was, I think, the only one home for the holidays. She helped a little for the holidays, my youngest one. The other two are already gone in college. And no, they're doing their own thing and they're off. And I don't think they really, as much as I love them, their passion is not in baking. So I don't see them really helping me in the future. Are you sad about that? Or are you, I'm sure you're proud they're doing their own thing, but they're all doing what they really want to do. So do you find owning your own business less stressful than being a lawyer or is it more stressful because you're, it's just you? It's more stressful. It is, but I don't mind it because I, I like that part of it. I don't really have to answer to anyone else. It's also a lot more work. Like I remember being in trial and being go, 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 go. And this is like trial on steroids at times. So it is harder. Um, I do love it though, because I'm always learning new things. Like I'm constantly learning. When I launched, when I think back, there's so much I had no idea about. Like I never thought about marketing. I never thought about the accounting side of it. Like I never thought about running the business side. I just thought, unrealistically, I'll bake and then suddenly I'll have all these people wanting, you know, Sue bars. Um, so I never thought that through, but it's great. I love learning and it's been a great, it's been a great 
almost five and a half years. Wow. Do you have employees? Are you, are you delegating a lot of this work or how does that work? That's the hardest part. Um, so when I go to the um, kitchen, the commercial kitchen, it's like a co-packing facility. So I can use two of their employees. So they help me. That's how I can get 1500 bars done in four hours. And then I have a high school intern that I've had um, for a while now. Who's great. No, <laughs> not from El Camino. <laughs> That's a good idea though. I didn't think about that. And then I have a part-time assistant. Did you teach yourself how to do the marketing or did someone like, did you have a coach or anybody help you or just read a book or Google? It was, it was, I've Googled a lot. I've taught myself a lot. I've learned to ask questions and really small business owners are just wonderful. Like everyone's willing to, almost everyone's willing to share. Um, And I'm part of a couple of networking groups. I've learned a lot through those groups. Do you have any funny stories of early mistakes you made in the kitchen in the, you know, in the. No, I was just really scared. I mean, the first time I went to the commercial kitchen, I remember thinking, okay, maybe I can make, you know, 200 bars. And so I blocked that four hours and I went there and an hour and 10 minutes in, we were done. Like I did not know what to expect. So that's kind of been a learning curve just to kind of figure out how to scale because not all, you can't just take a certain recipe and multiply times 20. You kind of have to tweak it a little bit, but it's great. I feel like I finally have that figured out. Do you use one of those like industrial size KitchenAid things or how does it work? I start with 40 eggs. Like that's the first thing. And then you're just adding in like 20 pounds of flour. I mean, there's a lot of ingredients to go in there and you cannot add all the flour in at once because if you pour that much flour in a mixer, you can imagine what happens the moment you, you start it because you're like covered in flour. I Sometimes I literally stand there and I feel like I'm, I love Lucy at times. Either I'll be covered in flour or things will start coming out of the oven really quickly. And I'll be like, I literally remember her in that um, episode with the chocolates, I think with her and I constantly, and I have my hair like in the hairnet and I'm kind of covered. Now I have the mask on. Yeah. Everything's big. The oven I use there can handle, I think. 50 trays at a time and it rotates. I mean, I could, I wouldn't do it, but I could stand in the oven and each of my trays will have about 80 sous bars on them. So it's oh, crazy. Wow. You have to do all You guys can come with me once. I would love that. That would be amazing. <laughs> I would love to see it. A field trip. Our first off our rockers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you broadcast live from your kitchen. <laughs> yeah. That would be so it. great. I love it. Who does all the cutting? Do you do all that? Cutting into bars and putting in the, in the boxes? I do all the cutting there because they're twice baked. They're baked in a bigger form. And then I cut them and I flip them on their side. I rebake them, which is how they get that texture that I love. Um, so they are uh, time intense, but, um, and then I do all the packaging. Yeah. So each one gets wrapped in a doily in the box and there's a whole, whole presentation side of it. You must be exhausted oh my God. after a baking. Wow. After the baking days, I, in the beginning, the first couple of times I went, I would literally come home and sit and could not move. Now I've gotten a little bit better. I also learned after the first year that um, it takes a lot of physical strength. Like I really need to make sure I'm exercising, make sure I'm working out, make sure my back is strong because just standing all day can be very painful. I think your packaging is adorable. Did you spend a lot of time choosing the color? I like the pink, but was that something you just, is something you loved or did you have like a focus group or someone helping with that? No. That's all you? Went from buying a um, pre-made box originally that I put my logo on. Now I get custom boxes made that have that already on there. So it changed a little bit, but I loved pink. I've always loved pink. And do you think um, Instagram is the best way to advertise or- it depends. You know, lately I've been using LinkedIn um, and LinkedIn is good, especially for my corporate clients, because since I really do do a lot of corporate gifting, 
LinkedIn is a great way to go, but I do do Instagram um, and Facebook because I feel like they all have different demographics and you kind of need a mix. Holidays must be slammed. I mean, your month of December must be um, just crazy hectic. It is. It starts up about the middle to end of October, honestly, because people will start sending their holiday orders in. Um, I do have a lot of clients that um, have switched. Several send it for Thanksgiving because they avoid the holiday crunch that way. They avoid people that may not celebrate holidays in December and they can just send a box and say, I'm just thankful for your support or thankful that you've worked with me this year. Several clients also have switched to gift giving throughout the year. And we've learned in the last five years that people get a lot of gifts during the holidays and sometimes some gifts almost get lost in the, in the shuffle. So I have several clients now that will send out on birthdays if they have their clients' birthdays or on certain milestones throughout the year, which is nice. Dana was in marketing for 20 years. So she, <laughs> I think everything you're saying is, bring, is, it, is you, are you being triggered, Dana? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. So my marketing was totally different. I didn't work on a food product, but I'm so envious because I've always wanted to work on a food product. My background, my degree is in food science. And that was my dream to own my own food company. And I never even got close to that. So I'm just really literally green with envy for you, Daphne. It's such a joy to hear about your passion that you went out. And as Jerry would say, you manifested your destiny. This was what you wanted. You had the flyer on the kitchen and you went after it. And I love that. Thank you. Like you can easily do anything you want. And that was something that I think that fear held me back. And now I'm like, you can try anything. You can do anything. You can learn anything. It's never too late. So please follow that. Dream. I think you'll find it. If you look around, you'll you'll figure it out. It'll come to you and then you'll know. What's and I will be your first order. So Aww. remind so let me know. <laughs> What's your advice for someone like who like our our audience is people our age, their kids are growing up and they want to try something new? What would be your advice? Do you think just jump in or do you think like do a lot of research first to make sure it's profitable or you or just point some point you just got to do it? What do you think? I think it's a combination. I think you need to do a little bit of research. I had done a little bit of research, probably not enough. And I shadowed someone who had a pie business for a couple of days to kind of see it. Um, and she said to me, at the end, she's like, what are you waiting for? And I'm like, well, the time to be right, like everything else. And she's like, there's no perfect time. So I think you need to research it just so you know what you're doing, know the market, make sure you have the right licenses, like make sure you have the basics. And then you just got to do it because there's so much you learn as you go and you can't predict what that is. Um, and really, honestly, it's going to sound corny. Life is too short and too precious not to try something that you've always wanted to try. So you really just need to follow your passion. Try it. And if it doesn't work out, guess what? You tried. We we had lunch one time, uh, maybe a year ago, and we both said, because I'm a former lawyer, we're not going back. <laughs> right. Going back. Only forward. <laughs> right. But you've done it. I'm so proud of you. I just think it's amazing. I remember I told my sisters that one time I asked you what your week was like, and it just sounded dreamy, just baking. And then you, did, you said you would meet people for lunch and the marketing. It just, you're, you are truly living our dream. Have you been in the store and seen somebody buying your product? I was in one of those. I saw someone buy it and I so wanted to run up to them and say, that's me. Well, any other questions, Sue or Dana, for our lovely, lovely guests? Um, Just one thing I really liked on your website. Actually, there's two things I loved on your website. First was the picture of you in your kitchen. I love your kitchen, your home kitchen. I'm assuming that's your home kitchen. Beautiful. Thank you. That, that Thank oven. You. Can you explain the oven in the back? Okay. I have to be honest. It's not my home kitchen. It's actually my <laughs> photographer's kitchen. 
<laughs> I have a food photographer and that's key to starting a food business. And somebody did give me that advice in the beginning. You have to have really good photos of your product. Mm. Um, so that was an investment I made in the beginning. So that was actually her kitchen. I wish that was my kitchen. My kitchen is not that cute. My kitchen's more functional. That was my dream kitchen. It, that, um, I, know, I love that kitchen. Um, so you're pictures are gorgeous on the website. Absolutely stunning. But the other thing I loved was your whole um, giving back to the community. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I want to hear more about what you're doing. Yeah. And we're always doing something different because we're always finding different organizations to give back with. So um, thank you for asking. So throughout the years, I've partnered with different organizations and given back a percentage. Um, When the pandemic started, um, I realized there was all these people unemployed. And I, were, I was getting a lot of orders because people were being very thoughtful and sending them to relatives or people they couldn't visit. So I hired a bunch of unemployed Angelinos at that point and had them deliver, um, do all my local deliveries. So I paid them whatever I would have paid the post office. Um, and that was a big way to give back um, during the pandemic, which I really enjoyed. They all, I mean, good for them. They all ended up going back to their jobs at restaurants or several worked at a hair salon. So I'm no longer doing that. Um, and now I'm giving back to an organization called Everyday Action um, for another couple of weeks. And that is a great organization where they basically go to all the television and film sets and they pick up all that food that they would dump at the end of the day and they repurpose it and they deliver to um, various unhoused people either on the street or in certain encampments or in certain facilities. So we've been doing that now. All of September, we're pushing that through for a couple of weeks in October. And then we'll partner with another organization. So I just like, I feel very lucky that I've been able to do this with my business. And I feel very lucky and supported by so many people that I feel like we all need to give back. So I'm always looking for new organizations and new ways to kind of just give back to the community. I also want to say as the parent of a gay child, I really appreciate your pride, Subars. I really do. They're lovely and delicious too. My favorite, my favorite is still lemon thyme. The lemon, that right? Lemon thyme. The but lemon I do thyme, yes. The le- but Thank the pride you. ones are great. And we did, we partnered with um, Glisten LA, I think last year. We're always partnering with different um, organizations. So, but thank you. Love that. Love that. And, and we have to say that, uh, Daphne was lovely enough and generous enough to be a sponsor for our podcast. So we appreciate that. And uh, Dana, what's the information on the website? If you could let our listeners know. So if you go to our website, offourrockers.com, we have links right straight to Daphne's Subarsweets.com site. So anyone can go on and order those delicious chocolate chip or the lemon thyme bars. It sounds delicious. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm very excited to support. I love that you guys are doing this. You're following your passion. So we're all just here to help each other. So I'm very excited to support you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. It's been yeah. a pleasure to see you. And I hope we can get lunch soon. I hope yeah. so too. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And now you're an honorary off our rocker. <laughs> 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 thank you so much for hanging out with us. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, in two weeks, we'll have our next episode where we meet Sarah Sugarman. She is a former yoga and teacher who is now a college counselor. And she's going to give us lots of hot tips. Thanks for joining us. We loved hanging out with you.